Hello, welcome to Why Not Me. In life, we face many trials and obstacles, many challenges, and in the thick of it, we can be tempted to think, why me? But every obstacle presents an opportunity and every trial can bring triumph. So I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of, why not me? When, when in the middle of it, when things are tough, look around and think, why not me? It's, it's happening for a purpose. And then when success is at your doorstep and all you have to do is open it, you may find yourself hesitating, questioning, is this for me? Do I deserve this? And I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of why not me? Throw the door open wide, shout to the world, why not me? Embrace your success. I'm your coach, Todd Halls. I'm grateful to have you on this journey. Welcome to Why Not Me. Hello, hello. Welcome to Why Not Me, turning trials into triumphs, seeking and embracing success. I'm your host, Coach Todd Halls. Super excited to be here today. Grateful as always. Uh, and audience, listeners, so grateful for you being here. Thank you for tuning in. I'm excited to share a guest with you today. This is somebody I, I fairly recently met uh, through the Chamber of Commerce. With us today, we have Brian Friedman. Brian is a husband. He's a dad. He's a retirement planning specialist, a financial consultant, and most recently, he's also a rock star. With that, Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Appreciate the uh, opportunity. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. So um, I guess to start with, uh, let's go with the let's go with the professional world. Uh, retirement planning specialist, financial consultant. How long have you been in that world? Uh, I have been doing this since 2003. Uh, it's about tw yeah, 20 years now. It's been uh, it's great. I um, started out in New York and down down here two and a half years now. Okay. Um, what, uh, so, so you're about 20 years in yep. and, and recently, uh, about what, 17 and a half years into that journey, mm -hmm. you thought, you know what, let's head south. What prompted the move? Uh, you know, there was no, you know, there, there was no catalyst in itself. It was more like COVID kind of allowed it to happen. We were, you know, under lockdown basically and everyone was working virtually. So it sort of, uh, gave me the opportunity. You know, I started to, you know, I had a very long commute into New York City is about an hour and a half, two hours. Um, and working from home, I started to realize that the quality, the family time, right? That, that COVID gave me, right? I spent more time with my family, the ability to be coaching, um, you know, my son's teams, being home at five o'clock. It just sort of opened my eyes and I realized that commuting was just not going to work out and really gave me the opportunity to sort of look and say, I can work from anywhere. You know, being working from virtually was really an eye opener. My clients were very open to it. I interviewed them. I well interviewed them. I just asked them. I went down the list and I said, Hey, are you okay with me not physically being here? And they were very, they were, they were fine. I actually was surprised. Um, and that gave me the opportunity to say, all right, let's, let's go. So I first decided to go to Charleston, um, based on, uh, you know, you know, recent, you know, earlier ideas of, uh, going down there as uh, pre-retirement and, um, you know, ended up coming down more south to Florida, but, uh, you know, really the virtual world of it all allowed it to happen. Very cool. So the, the, the move was prompted. You had this realization that maybe the uh, 
Well, you're, everything was locked down there. Um, you could work remotely and still go someplace where it wasn't as as locked down. Um, started out with a move to Charleston, right? That's right. And then, yep. and and then, and then on south. And as a result, you found that you were able to engage at a much higher level uh, with your family. Is yeah, one hundred percent. That was the most amazing uh, thing that came out of it. You know. There's no doubt was that that wasn't what we had in mind going in, but coming out of it was just an unbelievable bond that I never thought I would because, you know, working in Manhattan, I would leave this, my house at six o'clock and get home nine or 10 o'clock. So I wouldn't see my kids from like Monday through Thursday. And then wow. you know, Fridays, Fridays I worked from home. And then I actually had planned that year to change my business plan to, to working from home two days a week. And then it ended up five days a week. And then I was like, it was unbelievable. You know, it was going, so it, it just completely changed everything. And, um, and then I realized as COVID went on, right, no one knew how long COVID was going to last. Like, oh, I'll, I'll see you in the office in two weeks. So I'm like, all right, I'll, maybe I'll go to the office three days a week. Who wants this commute? It's so nice working from home. And then I was like, all right, maybe I'm going to go to the office four days a week, uh, sorry, four times a month. <laughs> and then it slowly got like further and further. Like, why am I going into the city at all? Um, yeah. So it's sort of over time, it sort of got less and less. Like, why do I need to be there? And, uh, you know, that's kind of like, there was no, there's nothing keeping me there. And that's, it, it took some time. Um, and to be honest with you, you look back and, and it's going to be interesting over time to see the studies, but, you know, Europe, has this whole like month of, you know, August kind of relax. And, and, and um, I wish it was, it was almost like a reset, right. That we all had and everyone sort of spent time. We took walks after, you know, school work, whatever, after dinner, we all took a walk together as a family. And it was a really interesting thing that a lot of us uh, did. Um, some, some great things came out of it. Some unfortunate things came out of it. And, you know, for us, that uh, that time was was I can never get that back. So, really important. Yeah, I so our experience was uh, similar in the the effects it the connection allowed us to have as a family. Uh, you know, it was it was almost just, you know Orion was what fifteen, fourteen, uh, yeah, thirteen probably. I'm thinking back. Um, but so instead of, instead of going out for date night, we we just would have him. Uh, prepared dinner for us and and it was so cool because he 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 went all out and he 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 cook he'd set set the table so it all looked like us he'd bring us our food and then he'd, he'd like and uh and if you need me i'll be i'll be right over here and i'll check in on you a little bit later so played it up to the hill so anyhow it was uh yeah i for 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 some folks it didn't uh go that well but we were fortunate that it, it also was all in all pretty good so the the interesting thing and, and a lot of folks i think of figured this out. Maybe not so much. I shouldn't say that. I'm not going to say that. Um, now that you're working from home, I, I, mm -hmm. I started to say a lot of folks have figured this out. And yet it's, it's one of those things that if I'm not careful, if I'm not intentional about it, I'll, I'll deal with it. And it's the, it's the work creep, right? Work will go, yes. just start to fill up the spaces. So how, what have you put in place in your home to make sure that work is work and family's family or play is play or however you want to say it. But what, what are the boundaries? How do you put boundaries on that? That that's certainly been the most challenging, um, most challenging thing, uh, because you know when I was at work, it was at work. It was like my time, right? I can do my 
whatever I needed to do. Um, so that's been the most challenging thing. But I think, like you said, you need to put, you know, mark off time. So it was sort of like I had this two hour commute and during that two hour commute, you know, no one can get in touch with me, whether it was a phone call or email. So that was like my time, you know, that, that was the one thing I lost. Right. So I don't read as much as I used to. I don't have that like quiet alone time like I used to, which is kind of interesting, but now I really have to be specific and say, all right, now I have to work out. Now I have to, you know, so I, I have my hobbies of golf or tennis or you know, whatever. And those are my, my times, but you know, it's in my work day is much different too. So I'm, you know, I'm ending a lot earlier than I used to. Um, but at the same time, I'm not commuting for four hours a day. So it's, it's, it's definitely changed the life, <clears throat> but also working down here South, right. is a lot less my lifestyle. It's completely different, right? It's much, you know, the city is much more work related. I was working 10, 12 hours a day. I'm working much less hours, but more like specific, more fine tuned, you know, to what I'm doing. So it's, you definitely have to be more targeted and more specific, but you know, the distractions are there for sure. And, you know, but uh, there's a lot of benefits to that. Yeah. You bring up a great point how you know, we, we, some of us have, have worn the work a lot badge. Like I, I put in 70 hours last week. I worked 10 hour days. I, and you know, as you described that you've, you've transitioned where the hours are less, but by being focused, by, by staying sharp um, in what you're doing I'm, from what you, from, from what you phrase it, I'm assuming that it's just as good. It's just as effective at what you need to do for your customers to be, you know, to provide excellent service as you were with a lot more hours. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like when I worked in the city, you know, I would be working, five, you know, seven, eight, nine, you know, I would call cost clients, eight, seven, eight, nine. No, no big deal. Like I would be like, that's no problem calling out. Now I would, and for COVID, you would never call anyone after five or six because you knew that that was their family time and you wouldn't want to bother them. So it, to me, it sort of like closed things up and like I now have in my calendar times, like buffer times, like I literally have my calendar still family time. Like it ends at five o'clock, like, cause people, I, I have, um, you know, these in calendars so people can schedule time to schedule time with me. And I literally have it blocked out. Like that's my family time, like, you know, lunchtime, whatever it is. So I never would have had that before. Um, and you know, the, as you know, where I know many people the day before you go on vacation, you're so busy, right? You have a huge to-do list and you're knocking out, knocking out, knocking out. You're laser focused. And it's, it's, if you can have that same laser focused every day, you'd be the most effective person. It's challenging to do that. But you know, that day before vacation, you were laser focused and that's what ultimately is the best thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned your calendar. So specifically, what are the tools you use? Um, for anybody that's listening that wants to think, man, I, I just wish I could be more effective in my time usage. What are some of the tools you use? How does that, how does that play out for you? in a practical way. So I have what we call like uh, buffer days, buffer days are days that like I do internal meetings or, um, you know, it's time that I, it's, it's that I, you know, if I'm meeting a client, you know, there's times that I need to meet clients. So there's revenue producing activities we call RPAs. And I have specific times of the day, the day, the time of the day that I want, that I'm the most effective, that I'm the most, 
you know, productive. Those are the times that I want to be seeing my clients. So, you know, I'm not going to have an RPA during my, you know, time that I'm like, I don't want to see a client at that time, right? At five and after or seven in the morning. If you want to see me at seven in the morning, call me, I'll, I'll do it. But it's not my ideal time because I'm taking my kids to school now. I would never would have done that before, right? Mm, um, yeah. But bef- so I have that blocked out from seven to nine is my time to take my kid to school, to work out or to do my own personal things. If you need to see me, I'm happy to do it, but you just need to let me know. And the same thing after five. So, but in my calendar, I have it blocked out seven to nine, you know, my new business calls 10 to 11 every day, lunch every day, just certain things blocked out that these are times that I need to do that they're my time. And I, and then any of the other time can be filled in with client meetings. Nice. Everything's color coded so I can see first meetings, second meetings, third meetings. I have to have a certain amount of them and I want to have some, you know, focus on how many, you know, networking meetings, you know, so be more focused and organized. Yeah. 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 And so does your, so just curious then how, you know, the, the Friedman family operates. Does everybody have access to your calendar? Do you share calendars with your, with your wife, kids, like how's that work from a family standpoint? So that's interesting. So I have a secondary personal calendar, which is shared through the, we have a family shared calendar, right? So if it's a family event, you know, whether it's going out tonight for burgers and watching the football game tonight to having a, whatever my son's baseball game or soccer game during the weekend, like that's in the calendar, right? If we're going out to dinner together as a family or we're going to be out, that goes in our family calendar. So we all know, you know, they're, we're going to be out or I'm going to be at a networking event. I'm not going to be available for dinner or the same thing for my wife and et cetera. So. Cool. 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 So curious if you notice your children using their calendar. So if this is something you're practicing and doing effectively, is there any carryover yet? No, no, <laughs> but they're, they're nine and 14. I doubt that even, I think they, well, nine-year-old doesn't. For the 14, I think he sees the events come in, but he doesn't put anything, he doesn't use it yet. That's a yeah. good point. I haven't uh, implemented that with him yet, no. I was talking with somebody a week or two ago, maybe it was even on the show, and uh, he was sharing how they, when, when their children hit junior high, that's when they get their their phones. Yeah. And, uh, and one day... Uh, his his daughter had, had received her phone and like within a few days, all of a sudden the, the shared calendar and, and pretty much they sh- it's all shared. Right. And all of a sudden his calendar just starts filling up with, with these, <laughs> like what, what is all this? And so, yeah, if I understood it correctly, he asked like, what's, what is all this? And he's like, well, you can, I have watched you, you put everything in the calendar. So that's just what I'm doing. Cause I know that's the best way to, to make it operate. And I was like, wow, what a, what a gift to that, to that young person that, they're starting out with that because I, yeah, you know, that's it's, great. by setting up boundaries in our calendar, we create freedom without, without, without scheduling it and having the boundaries, we have chaos and there's no freedom in chaos. That's right. That's right. So, um, so when you, now, now that you're home, how does that, mm-hmm. does your, does your wife work from home as well? Like what's, how, how's that dynamic play out? Was it, was there some learning curves there, et cetera? <laughs> That's interesting. Yes. No, it's uh, 
Well, so right from COVID, we all were home, right? So my kids were at school working. They're schooling from home. We were teaching them. And my wife was working from home as well. And she still does. So my wife and I also work from home uh, now. And obviously now the kids are back at school. So um, there was, uh, now that I've been down in Florida, there was question if I was going to get an office, but I, I do enjoy working from home. It's, it's nice, you know, but I also miss the camaraderie of, you know, uh, the office. So I get a little bit of both, but, um, you know, right now there's, you know, it's the one thing that was key also was, you know, we drop off the kids at school and then we work. Right. But I can't end my day when my younger one gets home at three. So we have to, we have um, like a mother's helper or babysitter, whatever you want to call her. And she takes care of the kids from three to five or six until we can sort of like end our day. But we can't, I can't have my day ending at three o'clock, you know, dealing with him and his homework and everything else. So that was a big addition that we had. And I hired a business coach and he was like, that has to happen. So. Yeah. Yep. And uh, that's a challenge because you want to be there for your kids. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, but you came up with an effective solution. Good. Yeah. Well, yeah, because there's a, there's no door, right? I mean, he, over time they learned like daddy's on a phone call, like, you know, and then, you know, it's quiet time, right. Um, can't come in and then bother us. But at the same time, it's, you know, he has his needs, you know, but we can't, and you know, we're working. Right. 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 Yeah. Again, it comes up to having, you know, ha- having the boundaries. So that, so that there can be freedom. That's right. Yeah. That's uh, right. So, uh, so professionally, you, you, when you moved, you pretty much, it sounds like all your clients were okay with it. And, but you've said mm-hmm. a couple things you, you still do. So you brought all your clients with, and yet from our conversation, I know you still do networking events. Um, you mentioned um, a slot of time for making calls, new customer calls. So I'm assuming that's, that's outbound. Um, What's it been? What's it been like to move across the country and still be building a practice? Um, that's evolving over time. Um, it's you know, as I when I started my business twenty years ago, it's a lot different for me, right? Because one, I didn't know any of the products or the solutions or strategies. So not only was I learning how to gain clients, but is also learning what to say and how to, you know, gain their trust and, and, and gain them as a client. So, but now it's sort of like I'm starting a whole new practice and all I have to do is just get in front of clients because I know what to say and how to help them. Um, and, but I don't, you know, when I started 20 years ago, it was cold calling, I was totally doing it differently. So now it's, you know, it's mainly networking and building relationships with what I call centers of influence, people who can you know, we, we refer business to each other through these networking events like Chamber of Commerce, which has been an amazing resource. Um, and that's the whole rock star thing. But it, you know, it's it takes time. My cold calling is a very quick and easy. I call you. I'm set up a meeting next week. Um, but networking is much slower and it is what it is. Building most of my business is all through referrals. And that's where I'm, you know, continuously building or organically growing that through my northern business, if you will, for lack of better words. Um, and at the same time, we're as a team, right? Because we, I work amongst a team of, uh, you know, partners. We're actively looking for uh, people who are retiring, like re- 
financial advisors who are retiring and we can buy their, um, you know, take them in as they retire a couple years out and, and divest them to us and we can take over their clients. It's one of the things that we're actively doing right now. Cool. 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 Um, and how, hmm, what's that market like? Are there a lot of, if I, yeah, are there, are there a lot of, uh, folks in the financial space that are approaching that retirement age? Are you, are you finding that it's a, a well-stocked pond, so to speak? Well, we as a team uh, are, are well-versed at it. You know, we've been successful doing it over the last like five, 10 years. It does take, it's, it's like you're dating, right? And you got to find the right marriage. So it's very challenging. You know, you're not going to, it's not going to fit every single time, you know, uh, that the person, the clients, the whole strategies where they're, com- you know, it, the timing of it, it's not always correct. Um, so it's just a matter of building time and, and, and I said, the dating process is slow. Um, but when it's the right opportunity with the right situation, um, it most definitely works. Um, and you know, the, the, I don't know what they said, the average age of an advisor is probably late fifties, early sixties, but you know, with the, with the clientele, like the baby boomers and the most, the average people are, they're aging. They need our support, need our help. So absolutely. This is, it's, it's, it's just a matter of getting the right connection, the right time. Um, and a lot of people from the North, right. Traditionally come down here. So yeah. at first, you know, one of the, my magic partners is like, Oh, you're leaving. And I'm like, yeah, but this is like an amazing spot to be. Right. So now we have an office down here. Right. And an office up there where people are going back and forth, you know, where I live, well, we would live in Boca and in my country, people, I would say 40 to 50% of the people come live back and forth from New York and New Jersey. So it's very, it's, it's very convenient uh, for them as a client for, and for, for networking and everything else. Sure. Sure. So, and yeah, it's, re- it's really outside of New York. It's a perfect place to be. It, so far it's been. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned um, a few minutes ago, you mentioned the chamber and you mentioned being a rock star. Uh, <laughs> uh, first, w- did, when did, w- when did you join the chamber? Uh, so I joined the chamber. Um, well, I moved in August, 2021 and I joined the chamber as soon as I could. I would say probably the end of September. Um, you know, hired a business coach because I knew the trend prior to me moving down because I knew the transition moving during COVID and everything else and, and not having to have an office and spending, I, I saved a lot of money by not commuting in the city. So I, then I finally said, I need to hire a coach. So I did. And he suggested to do use the chamber, um, as a way to sort of start. And I had been in the chamber in New York city. And I never found it to be a great place for business, but the chamber down here has been <clears throat> amazing. Um, so it's just a well-run um, group of people that run it, but also the people that are involved, the businesses are much, you know, it's much more suitable for what we're looking to do. And so how, the, you know, I think the question was how I got into the, um, the band thing. So I, I joined leadership Boca, right? Okay. Um, if you're, are you familiar with leadership Boca? 
You know, I am, but for our listeners, if you would give us, I'm, I'm not, I'm not well-versed, but I know okay. a little bit about it, but give us a, the rundown. Okay. So I, I, I think it's, a, it's important to bring it on because why I joined Leadership Boca is because I, because of the chamber, I went to an economic and government meeting. And one of the speakers was just talking about how judges are appointed and, you know, just talking about counties. And I seriously sat there and I'm like, wow, I literally know nothing about Florida, right? I know nothing mm-hmm. about the place that I'm going to be living in. And like a fifth, you know, that, that's, that show, the fifth grader would know more than me in any of these questions. So I'm like, I need to learn about where I live. You know, I, you know, in Jersey, I knew everything counties, uh, judges, police officers, everything. And so I, so I, someone recommended me to go to Leadership Boca. Leadership Boca was in a fantastic opportunity that I started out in January. And it's like 13 week program. Every week you visit different or you do different, um, you know, every day, let's say you go out one day is nonprofit, one day is government, one day is agriculture, and you learn different things all day long. You know, media mm-hmm. like the Fox and the Weatherman is <laughs> pretty cool. All the different things I learned. Um, so from there, um, the person who was heading that up was also doing the charity event for the Golden Bell Educational Foundation, which is part of, you know, what they do, how they raise money is with the, uh, the Battle of the Bands. So for two years now, she's been asking me to do it. And I was like, there's no way I'm doing this playing in front of 500 or 1,000 people. There's no way. You know, because the whole premise is that you are not to, to be in the battle of bands is that you cannot have any prior music experience, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to play in front of all these people with no experience. So, you know, out of the leadership program, we had a few people who were like, I'll do it, I'll do it. So then all of us, you know, we really got to know each other, like, well, we'll all do it together. And it was an amazing experience because, you know, not only was I doing, checking off the box as far as like something I never thought I would do. Um, and raising money for kids for our school systems, because, you know, during one of the monthly breakfasts, they were giving out, we were giving out checks to the principals and then the teachers of the school systems that my kids were going to. So it was a really cool experience to see how that was working out. And it was, it was a lot of fun. I think the fans had fun. We had fun, uh, doing it over the past couple of months and, um, something I'll never forget. That's amazing. So. No prior music experience. And then <laughs> you sign up for this battle of the bands and they throw you on stage in front of hundreds of people and you're a rock star. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. At least I can say that for once. Yeah. 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 Well, it sounds like it took a certain amount of courage to, to do that. What was the, what was the preparation like? I mean, I've, I've heard enough about it to know that, you know, there's, I don't, I don't know how many bands, but it's nothing but novices and they get up there and you, you, you were up there and you put on a good show, like a really a good quality show. So how does that even happen? I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. I mean, clearly they, 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 let's say dumb it down, but they, they make it easy steps, right? I mean, they, the sound, the, the, the guys did a school of rock, obviously did a fantastic job. And we had, you know, one or two, you know, classes a week or whatever it is, or, you know, and then the group meetings was was most important, but we met a lot, you know, and just practicing at home, you know, and, and going to School of Rock was a was a really important, really important 
and uh, the rehearsals were fantastic. It's uh, they prepared you a lot, but uh, you really had to put the time into your, in yourself too. Yeah. So as you've described this, I'm thinking of you stepping way outside of your comfort zone. What have you done or experienced that is close to, or even more uncomfortable than that was for you? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, then that, um, I don't even know. Uh, I would, I mean, at this point, I mean, besides the move, right. I felt actually pretty comfortable with the move. I don't know why I look back and the move was comfortable. And I, but I think starting the career, like I would say, you know, when I was like 30, uh, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. I kind of had this like stuck. I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And, you know, I came to a point where, you know, I went to Rutgers finance and a uh, degree and I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. And I, I sort of had to take time off and I needed to sort of figure out what career do I want? You know, I was getting married at that time and I'm like, this is not good. You know, so I started like a dog walking business and to really just, took time off and tried to really reflect on where I wanted to go with my career. Um, and that was, that was a very stressful time. Um, but it's now it's, you know, at this time it's fine. Everything's good. Yeah. Do you think so? So you're in your thirties really before you decided what you're going to be when you, when you grow up essentially. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And and I'm thinking about so my son's 17. Um, you got kids younger than that, and the traditional thing is, and it, it's less and less. But you know, you graduate high school, go to college, go to school, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Are we putting too much pressure on our children to try and figure out a long term path? Wow, that is a really good question. Uh, because I have a nine-year-old and a 14-year-old. And, you know, it's kind of funny because my wife's an attorney. Um, I'm in business. Um, and my son in high school, we had he had to decide, right? I guess the, this is one example, right? So he had to decide. Um, there's this program that he can go into, whether either the sort of like a law path or like business path, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, he or entrepreneurial. So, you know, we, we were able to, I was able to convince him. <laughs> My wife wanted him to go law, of course, but I was able to go have him go the entrepreneurial perspective, right? And I think that's in, if you think about now, it's, there's so many things you can learn online, right? You don't really have to go to school, right? I mean, even COVID proved to us, like you can do school online. You know, there's things that you can just learn, right? I mean, obviously, there's experience that you go to college for and everything else. Um, and, you know, the, the 20s and the 30s are from the point that you need to just learn those experiences because those experiences and those networking opportunities and those are going to open up the doors for your career going forward because I don't, I think it really takes time. Uh, a lot of people, you know, say, oh, there's a job. I can do that, right? As opposed to really reflecting and say, these are the things that I do really well, right? This is mm -hmm. my skill set, right? I like getting up really early. 
Um, I, I like running numbers. I don't like talking to people or the other way around. Right. And then that's the, that's the job I need to find. Right. Most people will say, what are the jobs out there? Oh, I like that job because he makes a lot of money or whatever it is. How do you even know if that's going to make you happy? Right. Are you going to be driving yourself nuts because all day long you're going, you know, you don't even know what the day to day of what that job entails. Right. So if you want to be a doctor, right, look what the doctors had to go through with COVID and you know, the hours that they put in and everything else, you know, is that what you want to do? Right? Or is it the lifestyle that you think that they have because of the, maybe the money or the whatever it is that they do. So it's, I found right over time is being happy. You spend so much time working, right? You need to be happy in what you do. And when you're happy, what do you do? It's not a job. Right. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's so important. And that's just the lifestyle part of it and the, the goals and, you know, and, and the fact that I can, you know, basically if something, if my son came in here and said, Hey dad, let's, let's take the day off. I want to spend time, you know, great. You know, I want to do that yeah. because I know I have a, a short time with him, right? If he's a nine year old, I have X amount of summers with him before he's like, I don't want to spend time with you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so the ability to do that is huge, right? I don't have to be there at eight o'clock morning. No one's meeting. No one's telling me that I have to be there. So to me, being an entrepreneur, being being able to control that is is really powerful. Some people need to have that. Where do where do I have to be? What meeting have to be to? So once you find out what that is for you, you need to apply that to what's going to work out. Everyone's unique. Yeah. Yeah, so the the notion of really stopping to think about what what do I enjoy doing? You know, what what are the what type of tasks? Um, do I like being on the phone? Do I like talking to people? Do I like being by myself and and working numbers? Like like really reflecting on that, and then understanding, you know, taking the time to learn about different options and careers. Like, okay, how much of the other stuff is this going to entail? I don't know if you've read it yet. Um, a book, uh, 10X is easier than 2X. And maybe you and I talked about this over coffee. Uh, but it's essentially, you know, the Pareto principle, we spend 80% of our time doing stuff and 20% of our time in our really in our area of genius or in, in, in an area that we can be in that flow state. And if we, the, to the degree we can eliminate that 80% stuff that we don't really enjoy, we're not really good at, we don't excel at it and spend in this 20% area really accelerates our our ability to grow to enjoy life to just to just to be better at being human i think yeah 100% yeah 100% so you uh you mentioned a business coach uh because mm -hmm. i'm a coach I'm a, if it, <laughs> don't 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 um don't sugarcoat it if it was a horrible experience say so but if it was wonderful, like what was your experience working with a business coach? I have, um, yeah, meeting with him. Well, virtually everything's virtual with him because he's in New Jersey, but um, it's fantastic. You know, it keeps me accountable. Um, he tells me straight, you know, and he'll say, you know, there's times when he has to tell me negative stuff. You know, he's like, I don't, you don't mind. I tell him like, oh, that's what I'm paying you. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I didn't do what I was supposed to do or, why am I not doing that? Or, you know, and I'll, I'll tell them what I'm, what my goals are, what I'm, what's going well, what's not going well. And he'll, he'll 
helped me think about things that, um, you know, cause this is the thing, right? Since I'm not working in an office, um, the biggest, one of the biggest things that I'm, that I find that I'm missing is the camaraderie or having like a mentor in my office that I can just like walk into and say, Hey, I'm thinking about this. Like, what are your thoughts? Or even go to lunch or just like on the way to the bathroom, whatever it is, like this is bothering me or those are the things that you don't get. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you can have a phone call with somebody, but you're just, you're not getting that same mentorship. And, you know, in my business, you know, it's sort of like if, if we're working on a client together, it's called joint work. And then we'll kind of like learn from each other. But if you're not doing joint work, it's sort of like, I feel bad taking that time from somebody and is what it is. And that's why I hired the coach. Cause it's like, I can ask them things about, you know, in general, right. Business things are going to be applied, right. Cause I am a business owner. I'm just a financial advisor. A dentist is a business owner. He's just providing dentistry. So we're all business owners. It's just a matter of how are you applying it? How you have an assistant, you know, you're running efficiently, you know, what can you do marketing wise, you know, so always bouncing ideas off of them and, and, and thinking about things that I may not be able to think about on my own. You know, it's, um, it's sort of like I, I was my own business coach, right? Just as much as, you know, when I started, I was the marketing director. I was the garbage man. I was the CEO. I was the president. <laughs> I was the assistant. I was making the copies. And then as you develop and as you get, become, build your business out, you can hire an assistant. You can hire a business coach and a marketing person, whatever, right? Otherwise, you're doing all that stuff. So it's nice to be able to have an external person look in at you, right? And, you know, read those books. It's great. But at the same time, it's nice to have someone bring that insight into you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Really awesome, powerful. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and so Orion asked me a while back about, I forgot how it got bought up, something about doing things different. Or, and I just said, man, if I could tell you one thing, find a mentor mm-hmm. that, that's somebody of really sound character, good integrity, that's farther along in the journey that you want to go on and just ask them questions, learn from them. Uh, and so, and as we, you know, as we develop in our careers, maybe it's a business coach or, you know, maybe instead of a, maybe we have a mentor and a coach because they are different things, but you just described kind of both. So I just wanted to double down on that a little bit. It's one of the things, you know, looking back, the, the, I didn't make great choices in who, uh, who I hitched my wagon to, so to speak. Um, and in hindsight, I, I probably, I not probably, I would have been more selective about who I let in the room and who I decided to, uh, to follow. So good words. Thanks for sharing that. Mm. So before we wrap up one quick thing, what do you like, what do you do for fun? Hmm. So my biggest thing for fun is, uh, my, my golf. Um, I absolutely love it. They've been playing it, uh, since I was eight. Um, and you know, it's interesting cause I had the opportunity this past weekend. Um, not sure if you're familiar with the, the timber tech tournament, um, at our, um, at our club, which is a senior pro, uh, senior pro, uh, tournament. And on Thursday I had an opportunity to play with one of the professionals. Huh. Um, so he was a fantastic fantastic guy. I mean, Richard Green uh, from Australia. And I said, Hey, when did you start playing golf? And he said, I started playing golf when I was six. 
And I said, and, and I said, well, why? that's crazy. Why? He's like, well, that was the time when I was able to hang out with my dad and my dad, I never really saw my dad during the week and everything else. And I said, that's mm-hmm. exactly what happened to me. I started playing when I was eight and my dad was a sales guy and he never saw him in the morning, never saw him at night, you know, but on the weekends I would play would be me sitting in the cart and my brother to the right of me and my dad left me and I'm like squished in the middle, you know? And, but that's, those are the times that I spent with him. And, uh, I remember now. And then I passed that, that down to my son. So now I play with my son in the afternoons and he, without me even telling him, he's like, this is like a rite that of passage. Right. And mm. he wanted to pass it down to my, his brother. Right. Cause at first my little, my, my younger son didn't want to play golf. He's like, no, you have to learn how to play. He's like, we all play. That's how it gets passed down. Um, so playing with them is is like unbelievable and it's just a, so fun watching them grow and being with them and then now he's like picking the golf team and everything else it's, it's it's a really fun experience so enjoy it spending time with my friends and it's just a it's a great way to you know like my dad always said you can always play with business and everything else but it's just a great way to get out yeah yeah get some get some vitamin d get some movement in and some good camaraderie and family time that's beautiful Awesome. Yeah. Brian, thanks for being here today. Before we turn you loose, for um, anybody that wants to get a hold of you, learn more about you, contact you about services, what's the best way to reach you or find you? Yeah, you can reach me um, at our website. It's pillar, P-I-L-L-A-R-group.com. Um, or you can reach me on my telephone, 561-484-6106. Fantastic. One thing I'd like to ask you to share with our listeners before you go, what's one important or impactful question you would leave with our listeners? What should we be thinking about? A question that you should be thinking about um, is, I guess what we've talked about today um, is, you know, making sure that, you know, am I, what what can I do to better myself on a daily basis? That is a seem to, to my ears. That's a very worthwhile question. So I will I'll I'll make a note of that in my journal every day. What do we do to get better today? <laughs> cool. Thanks, Brian. It's been a pleasure having you on today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You bet. We'll Listeners, you thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, before you go, whatever grand vision you've been given, whatever dream God has put on your heart, remember, you can. Until next time, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful, and live life strong. Peace to you, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. For even more on turning trials into triumphs and seeking and embracing success, go to toddhalls.life. That's Todd Halls dot life and i look forward to serving you until next time be strong be bold be humble stay healthy stay hopeful peace to you